This episode is brought to you by Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma. When it's time for an aircraft component inspection, overhaul, repair, or replacement, you need experienced technicians you can trust and friendly service you can count on. Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma, a family-owned business since 1959, delivers just that. Our techs have real-world experience and provide sales, service, and overhaul for piston engine aircraft accessories. We also have limited turbine capabilities such as fuel pumps, starter generators, and prop governors. And we can overhaul propellers ranging from fixed pitch to turbine. Propeller pickup and delivery service is available. And one more thing, mention this podcast to receive 5% off your next sale, service, or overhaul. Visit aircraftaccessoriesofok.com. This episode is brought to you by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company and leading provider of autopilots for rotor and fixed-wing aircraft. The Genesis STEC 3100 Digital Autopilot provides increased safety, decreased pilot workload, and is approved for over 200 makes and models. To learn more about the STEC 3100, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. That's genesis-aerosystems.com. AOPA presents Never Again, True Pilot Stories from the World of General Aviation. In this episode, a newly minted instrument pilot falls into the impending clearance trap. Cinch up that harness and expect some turbulence in Scud Runner by Jan Steenblick. This wasn't scud running, I told myself. That was something terminally stupid VFR pilots did in deteriorating weather, often ending the flight abruptly in cumulo-granite. My passenger and I were circling Landings Condominium, a private, non-towered airport northwest of Chicago, in a rented Cherokee 180. Granted, at only 300 feet AGL, with the top of the tail fin slicing the solid overcast. But the visibility beneath the very definite ceiling was an acceptable three to five miles marginal VFR. We met the liberal VFR weather minimums for uncontrolled airspace, one mile and clear of clouds. The July weather presented no risk of icing. I was staying close to the airport within gliding range of the runway at all times. And below was flat rural Illinois. Besides, I was a newly minted current instrument pilot I was in constant radio contact with O'Hare Approach. Any minute now, the controller promised, he'd have my IFR clearance. We'd climb into the clag and motor confidently on instruments to Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, a mere 33 miles away. Where was the danger? We had stayed a couple of nights at Casa Diero, a private residential air park several miles west of Landings. A nearby remote antenna for O'Hare Approach afforded the airpark's residents the luxury of picking up their IFR clearances on the ground. This day, however, we heard nothing on the frequency before takeoff. A weak summer cold front was on the way, but the ceiling was 1,200 feet overcast as we departed Casa Diero, and, like the seven-mile visibility, it was forecast to stay that way. No problem. We'd start VFR and pick up our IFR clearance in the air. We flew east for a few miles and then turned north, following the road toward Lake Geneva. The approach frequency remained silent. The solid overcast descended to 500 feet AGL over the next few miles. Just to our right was landings, where we'd landed the day before. I took it. 
I refiled at landings and we launched again. Now we listened to approach on a new frequency. The soup above was thick with traffic. Some, like us, headed north to Oshkosh for EAA's huge annual fly-in. We orbited landings at 300 feet for a half hour. Approach called every few minutes with the same message. Cherokee 559 hang on, we'll soon get to you. Maintain VFR. Finally, the controller suggested, if you can get about 10 miles west to Rockford's airspace, they'll be able to take you. Roger, I replied, stepping blithely into the trap. We'll take that. I headed southwest to intercept Route 90, the truck route to Rockford. I'd just keep the highway on my left, and in five minutes or so, I'd be copying my new clearance from Rockford. Piece of cake. Good thing they don't grow mountains here, I thought. But they grow towers. Henry, I shouted, throwing the folded Chicago sectional at my dumbfounded non-pilot passenger. Look on the map. Find the tower. Henry, suddenly all elbows and thumbs, fumbled with the chart. Panicked, I grabbed it back. There, five miles west of landings, on the north side, our side of Route 90, was the blue teepee. It stood 215 feet AGL, 1,119 feet MSL. I glanced at the altimeter, 1,100 feet. I immediately banked left, crossing to the south side of the truck route. A mile ahead, a curtain of rain blocked our path. Our only way out was a hasty retreat. I carved a steep turn 100 feet above a cornfield. The DG card spun with a sickening whizzing sound. The directional gyro now was way off. The compass swung drunkenly in the growing turbulence. I headed northeastward, guessing at the angle across the severely rectilinear grid of farmland that would put us back on course to landings. Ahead, another curtain of rain materialized. It seemed so unbelievable, so unfair. This wasn't supposed to happen, but it was. I eased back on the yoke, pushed the throttle to full power, and reached for the mic to declare an emergency. I would have to scatter the DC-10s and beg for forgiveness later. Just then, a beige smudge appeared ahead and slightly to the left through the curtain of rain. The hangars. I made a quick turn toward the airport and a very low, non-standard approach to the runway and landed. My hands were shaking as I shut down the engine. Henry seemed to not fully comprehend the peril in which I had put us. A pilot from Cape Cod strolled over. He and his eight-year-old son were flying a Cessna 180 to Oshkosh. How was it up there? He smiled. Awful. We're lucky to be alive. Doesn't look too bad to the north, he ventured. Are you instrument rated, I asked. Nope. Then there's no way, I declared. We barely made it back. Well, I think we'll take a look, he said. They took off and immediately turned north, leveling at treetop height. The Cessna zoomed up to hop over a tree line and then dropped out of sight, the engine's drone fading away into the fog. I waited until we could see DC-10s overhead at 7,000 feet before we tried it again. Later, we met up with the Cessna pilot at Lake Geneva. He and his son had been incredibly lucky. So had we. The Never Again Podcast is brought to you by AOPA, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. 
You can find more Never Again stories online at AOPA.org by typing Never Again into the search box. While you're there, check out FlyQ, AOPA's integrated flight planning software, as well as the many free online training and safety courses from the Air Safety Institute. Find all of this and more at AOPA.org. The Never Again podcast is produced by Royce Earl. Thanks for listening. Fly safely.